Hi everyone. Today I am joined by Stacy D of Bad Cop Bad Cop, which is an American pop punk band from Southern California, and they are on the awesome Fat Wreck Records label. She has had some life-altering personal experiences and through that journey towards self-love has helped shape the recent album, The Ride. It's been a very interesting past couple of years for you to say the least. I'm so excited that we can deep dive in. So thank you so much, Stacey, for joining me today. Thanks for wanting to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been happening in your world as of late? I have recently taken a position. I I, uh, am a co-founder of an organization called The Sidewalk Project. That is an arts and music-based wellness kind of organization that uh, goes to places like Skid Row. We predominantly work in Skid Row, but we have a couple um, uh, chapters in different cities uh, that I could talk about in a little bit, a little bit more. But um, recently, because because of COVID, my partner soma snake oil is one of my closest friends and after you know we both changed our lives we started the sidewalk project and then after covid covid really we used to have like these like parties in, in like skid row where we do music together and paint and we we thought that like and felt that like uh, artists that don't have the ability to create anymore must have a pretty sick spirit you know because yeah. like when you are an artist and you're not creating you're you're sad uh, you know i mean I, yeah yeah and if i and like luckily in my life i've had the privilege to always have had a guitar you know and a roof over my head as much as like i've been you know sick and sad in my life like i've just been really blessed you know with being able to never lose that part of me and and anytime I was ever really, really, really bad, my mom would say, Stace, you got to pick your guitar up. You know what to do. And that saved me every time. Not, I don't want to use the word saved, but that inspired me to push. Yeah. And it shifts you know? the focus, doesn't it? You know, the right. It-, it shifts the focus and it gives you purpose um, and a lot of things. So we thought that maybe that's what we were starting. And it's still what we are. I mean, um, so I, yeah, I, t- I took a job with, <laughs> I took a job as the COO of the Sidewalk Project because we're harm reductionists and we're a syringe service exchange. Um, uh, and we work in well-being and in, in reducing harm in a lot of the pe- a lot of our participants' lives. So it's been wild. And then I also have uh, been spending a lot of time with my boyfriend um, and I started painting <laughs> during COVID. What which type is, are you using? Oil or watercolors? I started doing watercolors. I'm, I'm doing acrylic for okay. now. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm really into like mixing colors in an emotional way. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know that it comes from the heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of the sea and the sky and things like that. I don't, nature is kind of my, my, uh, my jam. Yeah. Nature is definitely my best medicine. I think I was uh, just chatting to a friend before and I was like, yeah, there's medication and there's meditation, but then there's, you know, nature and that, that has sorted me out. It's a huge one for me. Huge one for me. I'm so yeah, excited people- to talk about this. There's just been no shortage of adversity in your life. So Oh my God, where do we start? Where, where, what do you want to start with? <laughs> Pick a topic, well, any topic. <laughs> yeah, any, yeah. Well, I guess we could, well, I'm doing well now, so we should put that out there, you know. There yes. is. <laughs> well, let's start there. Maybe we can work backwards. I think the um, C well, word, dun, 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 which everyone's afraid of, and it's not the word you're probably all thinking yeah. of, it's the cancer word. Yeah. Cancer, yeah. So, yeah, funny, funny. Okay, so five years ago, I changed my 
my life. Um, before five years ago, September 7th, 2015, I went into detox to get off of the drug Xanax that I was addicted to and took in really large quantities for like eight years. Yeah. I don't really remember how long it was. I don't really remember a lot of what happened during that time. It's like when I got off of that drug, my memory was erased for a lot of things like there's people that are like stacy we're friends i've stayed at your house and it's like i don't, I don't know who you are i'm sorry wow. <laughs> you know yeah. like it in changing my life and getting off the xanax um <laughs> i i found positivity and i found a lot of tools the universe kind of slapped me with all of these like great ways to fight against the negative and to um, see it as like an unstoppable rebel force that would try to eat and get at me through any crack I left offended, you know? Mm. That's how I started, you know? I was a negative person before that. I didn't even know what being positive meant. My mom told me, Stace, you got My mom always tells me things. She says, Stacey, <laughs> you got to be positive. And I said, fuck you. I don't even know what that means. That's a great point because if you've got a lot of mental programming that's negative, that's been looping on the background, you don't know anything else. You don't know what positivity really is if you haven't experienced it. Quite literally, I had no idea what the perspective of positivity meant. And I know that like, it's a, it's kind of a cheesy word. Like, oh, be positive, be positive. But like, no shit. <laughs> yeah, just, like it, it really is better way to, to be in life. Like I don't, so anyway, so I had to fight back through a lot of stuff. That's, that shit melted my brain. Um, I was hearing things that weren't there and seeing things that weren't there. And I was completely sober. Um, you know, it was terrifying. Mm. So my enlightenment and my like change of perspective came through great fucking suffering. So I understand why a lot of people don't know how to do what I did to get to where I'm at. Yeah. And I keep trying to say, it's just so easy. You do X, blah, 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 blah. but it's like, no, I'm constantly working at it still to this day you know what i mean like i'm always trying to be better i'm always you know but also letting myself have fun and and we'll get to that but like so after i got uh off of the xanax and stuff and i had to i had to mend things in my life i had to mend my band you know they were about ready to to get rid of me yeah um you know they're the ones that gave me the ultimatum you know go to detox or this is over and my band has always been the most important thing up to that, up to at that point in my life was the most important thing in my life. And the thing that gave me the most joy and the thing that I could do still, even though like I was like debilitated by, by anxiety and depression and I just was debilitated. And I, I didn't, I didn't know how to get out from underneath that. You know, I didn't know how to step into power. I didn't know how to be kind and generous and compassionate. <laughs> I didn't know how to do any yeah. of those things. <laughs> you know, I, what I knew how to do was talk shit about people. I, I knew how to never take accountability for anything and blame everybody else for my problems. I knew that I used language and watched programs that were so negative. Like if I let myself do that shit today, who knows if yeah. I would go back to that way of life, you know, but it's like, watched all those murder shows all the time i'd watch you know super scary movies by myself and be like that's fucking cheesy you know and I'm like <laughs> like well, it was not really ever scary enough you know yeah. 
Yeah, it just keeps that reinforcement alive, doesn't it? Like it just perpetuates. It just really kept, it keeps you there, right? So, I, and the words that I used were, you know, I was always, even with my bandmates, I was jealous and weird and judgmental and fucking lame, you know? It's like, but I didn't know how to be any other way. It's how I grew up. It's, it's, um, it's just how I grew up. It's just what I became, you know, through, through all of the things that had, you know, gotten me to that yeah, point. Exactly. But, you know, getting better, I, um, I started, had to look, I had to look at everything. Like my driving license had five points on it. I was about to lose my license. <laughs> you know? I was like everything, my teeth were fucked up. Like everything. I had no money. I had, was living in the basement of the, or the downstairs part of this house in Inglewood, which wasn't, you know, everywhere I looked, I saw depravity and animals abandoned and sadness. You know what I mean? It's like, I put myself right in where I, I, I had no, I had nothing beautiful, you know, to really even look at like climbing out of that was like, it was wild, man. It's like, I was thinking about this earlier and what I was going to tell you, it was like, at first I started seeing like sad faces and everything. Like, you know how you see faces and things yeah, in like life? You walk around, like, oh, yeah. 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 So I started seeing like sad faces and everything. And I was like, Jesus Christ, everything I see is negative. It's like, I would look out of the corner of my eye and I'm sober and I'm, I'm, I'm working on changing my life, but I'd look out of the corner of my eye and I see something that looked like a pile of dead kittens. Wow. You know what I mean? And it would be like a paper bag, but that's what my brain would want to go. I had to like, you know, cut new neuro pathways. Yeah. You had to completely reconstruct and reprogram. Yeah. Right. So my brain had been so melted by the shit. It's like, so I did get a chance to do that, even as scary as it was. And, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew that I didn't want to go back to that, what I called a dirty back alley life that I was living. You know, I just didn't want to go back to that. And I didn't know what the future held, but I, I forged on and the band, you know, Myra and my drummer got me back playing immediately. She got us all back together in a room together playing immediately after I got out of detox. It was like a, a 10 days after I got out, I was, she made me play. And I didn't think I'd be able to play music for years. <laughs> I didn't think I was like, like physically able to do it anymore. I had forgotten all my songs. I had, um, I've forgotten how to sing the way I sing. I was, uh, I had to relearn everything, man. It was, it was, That's it was brutal. quite something. Yeah, it was. But then I, you know, but then I got the option to like learn that like, oh, if I take the accountability, I'm freeing, I'm freeing myself from the pain and suffering. I'm, and I'm, I'm fixing the situation. Like, you know, I was thinking about this today too. It's like, I don't think there's anything that couldn't be fixed with me if somebody had a problem with me, you know what I mean? Like I'm so willing to get to the bottom of it and figure it out, you know? So, so there isn't any uh, weirdness between me and anybody, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But so, yeah, I I had to learn all that stuff. I had, I told my band, I said, guys, I've been like, I've been learning all this stuff. The universe is trying to teach me all this stuff. It felt like a, like system down. I was downloading all this information. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That happens once you get clear, that clarity, you know, that, that, that crystal clear clarity comes in. Right. And, and I kept like, because I was so afraid of going back to my old life, I started like, you know how you like see little signs in life? You go, oh, that's, you know, that's somewhat strange or that's a coincidence. But like, I started following those things like religion. 
and yeah. and looking at those things as things that were leading me on the right path of where I needed to go. So I, I honestly gave myself over to, to the universe and not in a religious way, in a completely spiritual way yeah. where it's like, I need to not have control of all of this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, look where our egos and our minds get us. You know, I think if you surrender and have that trust and you do look at those little signs and people might I do. laugh, but they are synchronistic. And I, I do that now too. I never used to be someone, I was such a skeptic. I used to write everybody off, but now I, right. I do take those signs and pe- take note of them now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the way I live my life. I still do it. I love it when it happens. I, um, I just, and I'm in a, and I'm in a very good place now and I'm still building, you know what I mean? It's, it's only been five years. So anyway, so the band, I went to them and I said, guys, I'm not interested in being fucking weird and judgmental and jealous of you guys anymore. We shouldn't have any problems if we're honest with each other. Like I want to hear your song. Songs, fucking I want you to hear my songs. I want to be excited about your music. I want you to be excited about my music. Like we should do this. And and that is really what were the wings beneath Bad Cop. We all everybody got on board. We all changed. And our band took off. It was incredible to see that happen. And and, and I don't think that it would have had we still had that old old way of operating yes yeah, like you have you to know? break down that old paradigm and then with transparency you know it's like rebuild like what right that vision of like what do we want to be and what do we want to embody as a band i think that's that's pretty powerful right and we talk about all of this stuff deeply you know all of us do it's like it's like the study of being human right and the faults and all and uh, you know what it, maybe i did that because of this and i should have said something about it then and i've let it fester and here we are you know yeah. but if you like talk uh, through it at the time or decide not to let your back get up about it and just let things go sometimes um we'd all be better off yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then after, so growing through all that kind of stuff, I, uh, in 2018, the band from 2016 to 2018 on tour, we're just going for it. I'm, you know, rebuilding my life little by little by little. I still smoked cigarettes and, uh, it, I wasn't really eating well or being healthy or, or loving myself, which is something I didn't even learn. Oh, until I'm, the cancer which we'll yeah. get to yes we will <laughs> self-love is a huge topic for me yeah. it's so big i mean so the band for two years they just it was great and then uh at the end of punk and drublick when no excuse me um i was about to go out beginning of january 2018 i was about to go out on a u.s tour acoustically with my dear friend ryan young from off of their heads yeah. um we were just going to do an acoustic tour together just it was a real excuse to kind of just go travel and be together he's one of my best friends and old roommates and it was just like an, a, an opportunity to go out and do what we do and sing together and just like enjoy each other and the time and um uh, right before that, we bad bad cop played in Chicago, and I was so sick that night. It was New Year's Eve, on 2018. It was New Year's Eve, and um, I got so sick, and I played the show even though I couldn't hang out. I was in the van just moaning the whole night, and uh, I played the show. And afterwards, the girls were like, "Do you want to go to the the emergency room?" And I said, "Yes, please." And we went, but I couldn't get seen fast enough before our early flight in the morning. So we ended up sleeping on the side of the road for a couple hours 
in minus like seven degree weather. (laughs) It was, it was brutal. And then we had to get on a plane this whole time. I'm so sick. Uh, And so, but we fly back home. I get off of the plane and I go straight to the emergency room here in Los Angeles by my house. And they tell me I have the stomach flu and send me home with some ibuprofen and, and said I should be better in like four days. So I have a fever. I'm uh, really unwell and um, like throwing up and um, like diarrhea sometimes or then not being able to, it was just, I was so fucking sick. And I sat in that for nine fucking days. And then I got on a plane to go back to Chicago to start the fucking tour with Ryan. Oh my God. Still sick. And when I got to Chicago, I was like, yeah, I think I'm feeling a little better. I think I'm feeling a little better. And um, I, that night before we were about to leave, I was, I was, die- I was dying. I w- was what was happening. And uh, his girlfriend at the time, Renee, another great friend of mine, said, get up. We're going to the emergency room. She took me in the emergency room. And I didn't have insurance or anything and was the last one to be seen. And turns out I was completely septic. Wow. Um, and I was screaming in the emergency room. Like, I was so fucking, it was so painful. And I was so sick. And they said I was septic. And they didn't know if it was uh, an erupted pen- um, appendix or if I had, um, an, it was on my ovaries. So I was in the hospital for five days. They did a, they, I had an abscess in my abdomen that was like, it was massive, the size of like a jar. It was filled a whole like spaghetti sauce jar of shit that they pulled out of my abdomen. (laughs) And it had, it was starting to poison my whole body. Uh, Yeah. So I was in the hospital for, you know, five days that trip. And when I got out, I uh, was in Chicago for another week and quit smoking, came home and uh, started, started really trying to get healthy. Um, And and was doing pretty good at it, you know, but then, you know, touring started again. And then the girl smoking was like a big thing for me. So I was always like, let me have some of your cigarette. Or I'd be like rolling little spliffs or something to try to pretend I wasn't smoking a whole cigarette. <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. And then at the end of a uh, punk and Drublik tour in Europe, I ended up in the hospital again. And in, in, I woke up in Germany so sick. And we had to fly home from England. So we had like a two-day drive to get back to England. And our tour manager, God bless him, Ben Davis, drove me. He said, you need to be in a hospital where people speak English. So he drove me to England. (laughs) And I was in a hospital there with the same fucking thing. So I wasn't really getting healthier. I was still smoking and, you know, not taking care of myself in any capacity. So it, it turned out to be a tubo ovarian abscess. Uh, it was my ovary that, that was just out of nowhere. It was, it came from nothing. You know what I mean? It was like, a, but those things forced me to get health insurance. And then I found out I had cancer. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, so I went through being sick, almost dying twice that year. And then I found out I had cancer at the end of the year it's because I had realized when I was in the hospital the first time that I had never faced anything in my life. I never faced, I never like went and got, you know, my Jiny checked out, uh, you know, never had pap smears, never fucking faced anything. Right. I was just a chicken. That also comes down to like just not being educated or just not knowing. Like I had, there were just so many things I didn't know. Like 
I didn't know about so many things. Because like, nobody ever really taught you. And so here you are just like, right. Like, I guess it goes in, in the bathroom right. with a piece of paper going, <laughs> this hurts. This is not working at age 12. And then just never tried it ever again. <laughs> right. 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 Our journeys, because that's how we roll. But I do want right. to talk about self-love because I feel like that word is just, it's just everywhere. Hashtag self-love. It's like, but what does I think that's a big distinction between self-care and self-love and I'm all about the self-care, but it doesn't integrate. So I'll still have the negative self-talk. You can get all the massages yeah. in the world. You can get your hair done. You can get whatever you do that. I'm not saying that that's to not To make a yourself feel better. Correct. They like, do. It does. Those things do help and you have to do all of that shit to push through. So it does end sooner than it, yeah. you know, than it would carry on if you didn't do those other things. Exactly. You're absolutely right. I, well, he, here's the thing. It's like when Bad Cops Record Warriors came out, we were ready to fight a fight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was an um, assault, that album. Yeah. That, yeah, because we felt like we were being assaulted. And um, it's sensitive to talk about because there is so much value in the fight. But you can't. And, and Martin Luther King Jr. said this, I saw it in a meme the other day, you can't fight darkness with darkness. You have to fight darkness with light. So you have to start first by loving yourself. There's no fixing anything else before you can fucking work on yourself. Yeah. You can, until you accept yourself, until you do the work to be well, you're not gonna be spreading anything in the world that's anything more than just an opinion of being pissed. Yeah. And when you're always pissed and aggravated, you're not well. It just manifests and bleeds over everybody else. Right, and, and then you're still, yeah. and the, 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 even the word fight keeps you in that fight. state of life. Exactly, exactly. And it right? does, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but like you said, it's a definite constant reworking and reassessing, addressing. Yes. Because I think yes. we're constantly shifting. I never thought I'd be spiritual, but my awakening, let's call it my enlightenment, came through um, extreme grief triggers. And it wasn't until then I was like, wow, I'm like paid attention to the thoughts that were going around in my head. I was like, you do not say anything nice about yourself, like at all. Right. So I wanted to know how your relationship with self-love has kind of developed started journaling first uh i saw i saw it as a challenge jenny and my band started that book the artist's way mm -hmm. and right. i thought right and i thought i'm gonna do this too i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna see it through no long no matter how long it takes it took me a year wow um to get through it yeah i mean i took i didn't but i never gave up and when i finished it i was like i did that you know like <laughs> yeah i, I achieved something yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is not something I often give myself. And then through journaling, I started, you know, you, you write in the book, it tells you write three pages a day and then write a page of affirmations. But I, I went even further and I went three pages a day at least. And then I wrote a page of things that my brain told me all the time about myself. You're ugly. You have your teeth aren't good no one likes you you're poor you'll never have money you'll never be respected you're not worth it like all these things that my brain told me all the time um you're not pretty enough you're not good enough and then i would you know i'd write them all out and then i would then i would write a page of the same thing 10 times at least stacy d you are one of a fucking kind you matter people love you 
And I'd write that 10 times. And then I'd shut my book and go on about my day. Um, so I started there. And then when I, it helped me cope when I found out I had the cancer, right? Because yeah. not only did I find out I had the cancer, but I, I started, I had started seeing somebody a little bit earlier that year in like October that I really liked. And in December by, or by October, excuse me, I think we started seeing each other a little earlier, but by October, after the last time we saw each other, he was like, I'm not ready for this. I need space, like all this kind of stuff. And I was like, God, the loss, because this was one, this was somebody that I, right. And it not only abandonment, but I felt like this was somebody that I actually really, really, really liked for a change instead of being with somebody because I thought I was lonely. The yes. difference, the difference is. So I just felt like with the cancer and everything I'd been through, and I was just like, oh my God, the loss is so great. And I started doing yoga. I, I started doing like a 30 day yoga challenge or experience or journey. And um, I didn't know why I was doing it. I thought that it was like the physical thing. I didn't know how much mind, body and spirit it really was and how beautiful an art form it is and um, how, how much it gives me back about myself. And I just, you know, the, I, I remember one of the first times the yoga spoke to me, it was like, you've always been this strong. You just didn't know until now. And I was like, oh, it just makes me cry. You know, and like it worked out so many things for me. I, I'd be like stretching, doing like pigeon or something and crying. And I'd look up, why does yoga make me cry? And it's like, because it, you, you hold emotions around your hips. Yeah. So I was doing hip work and I was releasing all of these years. <laughs> crying in pigeon pose. Right. <laughs> Right. Some yin yoga. Yeah, but it's yoga is but our bodies have that cellular memory. They don't forget the trauma. Like our bodies hold right. all our energy. Yeah. So much energy our body. We are energy. All we are is energy, right? Yeah, just constantly. So, yeah. So I had this like gnarly, I felt like it was an emotional blockage. It was in my my right shoulder. And I went to the acupuncturist. It was while I was going through the cancer stuff. And I, while I was, you know, I was juicing every day. This is okay. So so self-love, right? This is where I learned self how self-love came in. I started doing the yoga. I started slowing the fuck down. Before that, I was just like running into walls and shit, you know, just not even taking stock of anything. Like, you know, so I had to slow the fuck down. Right. I had to cut sugar out. Um, so loving myself on a physical level was the food that I put into my body. I was trying to eat alkaline. I was doing coffee enemas. I was, for the first time in my life, washing my face and putting lotion on it in the morning, washing my face at night and putting lotion on it at night. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like finally caring for my skin. <laughs> yeah. And then meditation came in and I started really getting, um, you know, and all roads have led me to here that from what, you know, the signs that I would see through life, it wasn't like I started reading a bunch of books and I started getting into the spirit world. It was like the spirit world came to me and then I started finding out more and more and more about it. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was like an evidence to me in how I was living my, my life. And then I started finding out about it after the fact, which is, you know, super cool. So, yeah. So that's really how I found out about self love was through the cancer. The cancer really, really taught me um, that I, that I was worth it. I was worth 
fighting for. I was worth changing for. I was worth loving. Um, and in doing all of that, the man that I thought I had lost is in my life and he's my boyfriend now. And I love, you know, I love yeah. him and he's, he is, the, <laughs> you that know, like, like I'm such a romantic, so, yeah. but yeah, you know, but I had to, I had to work through all of that. I had to slow down from that and be like, can I love this man the way he deserves to be loved? That means, you know, do I, do I know how to be in a successful relationship? I don't even know how to do that. I've only been in failures before. So now that I'm better, how do I take a step back and love myself first before I try to insert myself into somebody else's life? I'm not going to do that and be unwell and then not love this man the way that he deserves to be loved, you know? So I had to love myself first before I could enter into anything like that. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> all of these things, I'm constantly, constantly learning. <laughs> I, I, well, I think it's great. And you and I were just chatting before that we just don't feel like, I mean, I still don't think there's enough conversations about it at all. But my mum had cancer and it was very short diagnosis to death of lung cancer. And that yeah. confused me because she never smoked. And I was like, but I thought lung cancer only oh, happened to people. No. Right? I feel like I didn't ask questions. I didn't know what to ask. I just didn't know what to do. I was all up in my head like, oh, surely my mum will tell me if she wants to talk about it or I'm not going to ask my dad because that will stress him out. And they were kind of keeping me shielded from it. And I, I guess I didn't also want to know. But ultimately I was like, I can't be there for her because she is the one going through this. So what would you say to people like who – Everyone seems to know someone who is struggling with cancer or who has experienced it. What what can we say? Right. And you want to like stay positive for people because you know that like the 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 outcome could be death in so many situations yeah. when it comes to cancer. So it is like, it, it's funny, like my friends at first, everybody would call me, we got this, we got this. Yeah. Like I am with you, we got this, you know? But when when I had to go through it, you know, it was like, I had to got this, <laughs> you yeah, know, nobody else could hold my hand through it. Exactly and it was right. fucking terrifying. You know what I mean? Like I had to do PET scans. I had for somebody that didn't like fucking, you know, facing anything here. I was looking at here. I was a drug addict smoker that never cared about herself, having to look everywhere in her body for what she did to herself. You know, and I really do believe I brought the cancer into my life with the, the life. I mean, it, I had it for like five to eight years. Oh, excuse me, eight to 10 years before I even found it. Yeah. Which is, you know, you don't usually find cancer until it's the end. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Well, like, right. until and it's ready to come out of your body or it's the end of your life. It's like, and then as soon as it's out of your body, it's like the end of the cancer. But you don't know, you know, for the longest time, you know, so yeah so i you know and, and like what i was saying it was like i had my roommate aj who was there with me in the room when i found out that you know when the doctor told me it was actual cancer so he was there with me he went to a few doctor's appointments with me and myra went with me and my, my drummer myra she takes it very seriously now she gets checked every year she doesn't fucking let that shit go by she's like uh-uh stacy had cancer i'm not you know <laughs> so i i commend her for that you know and my friends and my band members were like, 
everybody was like, you're going to get through this. You're going to, you're not going to die. You're going to, you know, you're going to, I know you're going to be okay. Fat Mike was like, you know, you're one of my, you're one of my, you're in my life. You're in my circle. I'm, I live a good life. I I'm blessed. You're also blessed. You know, you're not going oh, anywhere. You yeah. know, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about your relationship with him. Cause I do think it's instrumental to have like that solid rock energy in your life, which, and that right. keeps you grounded. And yeah, right. it, but thank you for sharing that. Cause it is, uh, but see, I was saying those things. I mean, I guess it's it's also highly individualized, you know, because that's all I'd been conditioned it's to all say. Oh, we know. Exactly. You know, what do you, what else do you say? Like, what do you, I mean, you go, maybe you, maybe we need to ask those, the people that, you know, what I, what did I want to do with my life? Is there anything more I want to do with my life? I don't know. You know, like I really jumped into the, like, I can heal myself kind of thing. And my mom was like, no, <laughs> you're going to the fucking doctor. No, you're gonna have surgery. You know, <laughs> I'm stopping this on I, my own. <laughs> I'm a big believer of like neuroplasticity and rewiring the brain and, you know, our, yep. the power of thought, you know, and I, it used is. To, I really believe that can really facilitate I mean, you know, I've got a big whiteboard in my room that I write things to myself that I look at all the time. Stacy D, you are pretty and classy. You know, Stacy D, uh, you're you're worth it. Um, the universe always has my back. Like I look at all these things all the time, you know, to reinforce those thoughts in my head. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I'm having a hard time, I get up and I say I write some stuff to myself to try to get myself out of it. You know, yeah. um, this isn't real. Don't listen. Don't yeah, listen. This is, this is just your brain, you know, your like thoughts. you're not your thoughts. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I do want to, I know you just touched on um, your relationship with Fat Mike. And for those people yeah. who don't know, you might want to explain a little bit about him and his relationship. I have seen many interviews and read a lot and you talk about him a lot in such a beautiful light and capacity. It really hit home to me just that importance of like having people who know you have your heart and just want the best for you because it's a shitty life lesson, but some people don't have your best interests at heart. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship, how that's yeah. helped? Yeah. Mike and I, uh, I met him on the Warp Tour in 2001, though I doubt he'd remember me. <laughs> but I was in a band in San Francisco um, and Fat Records is in San Francisco. And he always really liked my voice. Um, and, you know, he liked my bands too, but just didn't think that it was right at the time for, you know, being on Fat but he uh, he and I played a game of pool one night where I bet him that I said, um, if I win, I was uh, my ex-husband was a radio DJ for the BBC in London. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, if my if if I win, um, no, I said, if you win, I'll have my uh, then husband play your your worst selling band on his show for a month straight. But if I win, you have to write a song I get to sing on with you. And he <laughs> took the bet. And he scratched on the eight ball and I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> you know, but he and I always liked each other. He and I always liked it. He always liked me, you know, and I always liked him. There's there's a real connection there. We both, you know, don't know why. It's very much like a, energy a brother, bulking. sister. Yeah. And, and he, I respect him as an artist so much. And I think he knows that. And he's been like a mentor to me always. But the first thing we did together was his um, Home Street Home musical, where I sang the role of suicide uh, for the early recordings um, of the musical. So I still get to like when when uh, releases come out, that's why I'm on some of the, I'm on a record cover for the 
the series that came out, the seven inch club that came out for, uh, for home street home in the, in the dumpster. I'm on one of the songs, I think with Darla, his daughter, Uh, (laughs) um, he, he and I were partying together really hard, uh, before the fat 25 year anniversary tour. Uh, we were friends, we were hanging out, we were partying. Soma and I are really great friends. Um, and one night, uh, Soma had said, this is before we got signed to fat. Soma had said, you know, maybe you should, you should put out a seven inch with Stacey's band. You don't have any girls right now. You're not like, you know, like showcasing or supporting any women on the label right now. And he goes, huh, well, when are you guys playing? And I told him and, and it was like two months later, but they remembered and they came to the fucking show. And they saw the band play and, and Mike had said, if the girls sound good on this uh, PA system, I'm going to, I'm going to put out, uh, I'm going to put out an EP with them. Ah, And uh, and when we got off stage, he bought us all shots and he's like, we're going to put out an EP with you guys. And we all just shit ourselves. As you do naturally. (laughs) As you do. Right. right. And then, uh, and then two days later he called me and said, I'm going to sign bad cop. We'll do the EP first, but we're going to do a record. I'm signing bad cop. I don't give a fuck. He believed in us. He always did. No, we are his band. Went to bat for us. And, um, you know, he makes sure, you know, the quality of our songs. He like really, he really cares. He refuses to let me be vague in songs. He refuses to let me be weak in my lyrics. And and because he's so great at lyrics, he's like, no, come on. He'll be like, Stacey, what does this mean? And, and he holds my band to that standard, not just me, you know, and, and we tend to listen to him. And I think that that's really been why our band has done well as well. You know, it's like when you've got a, a, a group that works well together and is healthy, and then you have somebody that is tried and true with their songwriting, helping your songwriting, you know, be as strong as it can be. Um, he doesn't change a lot of things in our songs he just will be like i hear this what do you guys think this could be stronger or change a few chords underneath something but the melody is still the same you know um just to make it more interesting he's he's just he doesn't even know it he's like i don't know why i care so much about you (laughs) you know but he does he does because you know in in your own life jen i'm sure that you have these people that you are connected with and want to help, right? I've got those people in my yeah. life, other artists, yeah. younger artists, other bands that I'm like, for whatever reason, I love this person and I want to, I want to help them. It's just that, it's you know, and love. I'm so lucky, right? It's love. It's pure love. It's love. And we all need right. all of that, right? Yeah. Right. He was the one in Fat Records, him, Soma and Aaron. Um, uh, and Aaron, I love so, so, so much. She's just such a wonderful person giving smart, funny, and a complete boss and babe <laughs> of the three of them. They, they, uh, they put me in detox. They got me better. Yeah. They gave me another, they gave me another shot, you know, and I came out and, and I came out and I vowed to never let them down, you know, because, you know, they money that they spent on me was like, could go to their children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so when I came out, you know, I'm always Mike, I'm always like, you know, I'm always the, the, the positive one, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm always like, no, but I think maybe this, this is probably why that happened. This is that, you know, and I'm always trying to get him on my side of life, which he is, and he knows all the things, you know, um, and he's really actually thriving right now. He's doing great. <laughs> I 
I can't wait to I can't wait for bands to tour again. I just got really excited then about woo, so yeah. I just just like calm down <laughs> to edit that out. So I was about to go, yeah, it's fucking I can't wait. Um No, don't edit that out. That was awesome. I love that one. <laughs> you gotta leave that. Get my little woo Because I miss it too. We're like talking about, you know, we've got our tour booked for October back in Europe. And we're hoping that that's a thing, but if it's not, it's like we're looking at other things in California or in the yeah. U.S. to stick kind of close yeah. to home. But we you know we want to play, man. We, it's it's uh, it's been it's been tough, but I'm blessed that the sidewalk project needed me because yeah. I've taken on such a, a huge role. No shit. Today we were talking to council uh, councilmen in our in District 15 in Los Angeles about um, starting a. Uh, an alternative way of living for the, uh, for the people experiencing houselessness in, in this area um, and through a harm reduction model. And it's just like, how are, how are we doing this? How are we on a fucking zoom call with the councilman's like staff? You know, like <laughs> it's it's, crazy. I, I think it all comes back to that like divine timing too, right? Like you've been right. given this opportunity and space to do, something other than your music and that's always going to right. be you'll go out you'll be able to dip back into that but this is obviously calling and highlighting this is the calling this is what the universe wants for us and i, I say that to soma all the time too because she got better at the same time and and i will say this like i'm not sober anymore i was for a few years i went through it after the cancer and i always smoked weed which is something we called california sober because most people <laughs> smoke weed in california <laughs> as with australia you yeah. know like yeah right so but um after the cancer it was like i needed to be able to ha have fun and be responsible i'm not like um actively in any kind of addiction but i'm able to like have some wine i'm able to have a good night with my bandmates or with my boyfriend without feeling shame or guilt or or feeling like um i need to do it as soon as i wake up in the morning and all day every day for the rest of my life you know i've broken that cycle of addiction although i still watch it very close closely you know what i mean i was like well maybe that was a little it can create a little up. too much you know but i have to be responsible and that comes with living in abundance and living in abundance, it comes with self-love. Like, I can't be so strict and astringent on myself and beat myself up about that shit. I have to be, what I have to be is fucking responsible and not a mess. You know what I mean? So I feel like the universe helped me get better so I can help people get better. Because, God damn it, life is fucking rad. As much as hard things happen, and they happen to everybody, and they happen all the time, yeah it doesn't mean that you can't be happy yeah it doesn't mean you're your story like you are right you don't have to keep associated of course there's there's a purpose to everything and sometimes it's a huge part of the healing journey but you are not cancer you are not okay you, right. I mean? like you are not i'm not story. i'm not drug addiction i'm not yeah poverty i'm not all the things you know what i mean i am worth it like today i got my front teeth fixed finally you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm worth it. I'm worth spending the money on myself to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, that was the one, one of the biggest things in my life was fixing my teeth. And here I am fucking doing it. And there's still so much more to fucking accomplish. You know what I mean? There's so much more to do. And, you know, in November I was having negative thoughts that, you know, I was crying and thinking like all this crazy shit when it was not even happening. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so that it, I'm, I still fall victim to it and I still have to do the work, you know? Um, and so well, I do it. You know? Yeah. It's like, um, 
I've been told so many times, you know, like the future fast forward thinking like that creates anxiety because I'm living in the future and then depression is me living in the past. (laughs) You know, I, and and it is, is. right. If you can be present, right. If you can be present, it's freeing. It's such a weight off your shoulders. I mean, it's like, remember when you were a kid and you were out in a field playing in the grass? I don't know if if you got to do that or if you come from like the computer generation, but like when I was a kid, I was present because I was out in nature always. Oh, I was making mud pies. Yeah, I'm I'm 38. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Out in the bush, off you go. Just (laughs) Right. All day. Yeah, you we'd whistle, we'd get a whistle for you when it was time to come in after dark, you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, like present being present is a real gift, but also, and this is something that I really wanted to, to express to your audience as well, is like the words we use to define ourselves are so important. And this is like with our record, the ride mm. and the self-love we knew we didn't want to do another record that was filled with angst we wanted to do another rec we wanted to do a record that was filled with a solution and the solution has to start with ourselves and so being honest with ourselves was why the ride was why we wanted to make that record and um what i was talking about with like the words we use to to describe ourselves is like when i was still sick and sad and before It was like, I told everybody I had anxiety and depression and I wore it like a suit and I let it run my life. And when I got better, I started, I stopped using those words in my life. And rarely do I have that stuff. But when I see it pop up, it's like, oh, you know, I've got to defend against it. You know, I still look at it as like a rebel force, you know, (laughs) trying to take me back to that fucking, that way of life. But like, now I say I'm happy and I'm a positive person. And I and it, it, I used that language for a year just because I had the time and I thought that I, I had the ability to try it out to see if this would work. It wasn't like I was, I don't know how to say this. I wasn't like faking it. I was trying as a scientific fact to see if this shit would work or not. And I had the time in my life with which to do it. Yeah. My mom was supporting me. I was getting better. Um, You know, I didn't have a lot of things that I had to be responsible for. So I thought I would take this time to see if if these things that the universe was telling me would work would actually work. (laughs) So I started using those words, you know, um, to describe myself that were opposite of the words that I always use to describe myself. So it took about a year. But then within a year, I was a really positive and happy person. I don't know how it, or why it worked, but it was like it cut new neural pathways. And then all of a sudden I was that. Yeah. And I struggled much less. Did it feel weird at the start? Because I have a great counselor. She's like half, totally. or half psych. And she, right. and I was like, I was like, but it feels weird. Like, I don't believe it. She's like, just keep saying it. And then maybe one day something will shift and you're like, oh, maybe believe that today. Right. It is. It's so funny. And it's like, I could tell you just as your therapist is telling you that that shit works, <laughs> but it's like, nobody believes it. Yeah. And it's, it feels like so easy to us to be like, but it, it works. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And I give up. Like, this isn't fucking working. Like I'm sitting here in the mirror doing mirror work, looking at myself. And I'm right. like, I don't, you know, and 
I keep revisiting it. It's something I keep revisiting. I'm like, I'll get there. But I used to just be like, oh, this isn't working. I was such a quitter, you know, like I didn't see things through. So when you said you did it for a year, I was like, oh man, Jen, maybe you need to do it a bit longer than a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks or, you know, the rest of the, the rest of this week. I tried it for a few days. You know what I mean? No shit. And then you've got to be committed to what that looks like for you. Yeah. Once it starts changing, you've got to be committed to the scary newness and not be afraid of being something else. That was a huge thing for me. I was so scared to move into whatever this next phase of my, my existence was going to be because it was unlike anything I had ever, ever done. If you write a book, can you call it <laughs> committed to scary newness? <laughs> that has made my day. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not yeah not a bad title <laughs> or so yeah, maybe an album. scary newness <laughs> i'm writing that down yes write it down the scary newness i'm I doing it. it that's the other thing i have a friend who accomplishes everything hold on i gotta write that down yeah write it down <laughs> glad, to, glad we had some creative uh, collaboration come through that's it yeah uh, i had a i have a friend one of my best friends accomplishes everything by the time i'm this i'm gonna be that by the time i'm this i'm gonna be that by the time i'm this i'm gonna be that i'm gonna have a ranch i'm gonna call it rocking horse ranch i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it and uh she she all of a sudden um is like i'm buying the ranch it's called rocking horse ranch i said how the fuck do you do that i don't know i write it down and then it just happens it's fucking true once you get out of your head about things we could be anything we want to be yeah we're limitless well, we're we limitless completely limitless about like quantum physics and quantum fields and where the this is real that's it that's how our universe and that is how it's created scientifically so it's not this is not an emotional spiritual fucking thing i'm talking about though it feels like it it is the way the fabric of our world is created we may be like a very a very uh intelligent video game you know what I mean? So if you, whatever you think of, you become. Like choose your own adventure. Do you remember those books? I do. I do. I loved those books. Yeah. I really loved you those books. You could do your own. <laughs> and I'm still doing it with my, my with my own life every day, man. Like I want to be pretty. I want to be, you know, yeah. yeah. So I'm working towards it every day in different ways. You know what I mean? Like my hair or my face cream regimen or however I feel like I'm getting that fixing my teeth all the things you know what I mean like yeah. so yeah whatever you want to be you will become being being a musician god that took that took a long time <laughs> but I did but it you're there and now look where you I are. fucking you're did it right right hello hello everybody yeah right That's hello great. everybody anybody can yeah. do it it's just like how long how much work do you want to put in you know, you sometimes you got to fucking prove that you're that you're worth to do. You're worth doing it. Yeah. You can't half-ass it. Yeah. That's the thing with anything. You can't half-ass it. You have to fucking go all in. Yeah. Well, I do want to say that, like, I understand. I don't want anybody to be mad at me for saying that I don't use the words depressed and anxiety anymore. These are the tools that I have used to get better for myself. They are not going to work for everybody, and everybody is. Um, valid and valued in whatever state they're in. And I know that uh, my mental illness isn't as great as it is for many other people, you know? Yes. Um, so I want to say that my heart is with you and um, I, I don't mean to like sweep 
those mental illnesses under the rug. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, because I know how very real they are. And I know that like, you know, having to take meds and all that kind of stuff is very real for a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And I don't want to, uh, you know, poo poo that I'm just saying that the work that I've done from where I was in my life and my own experience, um, using these kinds of tools, the meditation, journaling, yoga, self-awareness, accountability, um, living one's dreams, going for what you really want to be in life, um, changing the words by with which to describe yourself are, are the tools that I've used to, to, to get better. And I'm really, and I know the universe is going to prove to me and be like, yeah, but what about this? You got to get over it. And it's like, yeah, I know bad shit happens and <laughs> I'm going to cry again in my life and I'm going to be bummed again. But for the most part, my life is very good yeah. now. And I'm enjoying my life and I'm just so grateful. That's the other thing, guys, gratitude, gratitude, being grateful for, for, uh, just about everything, being grateful for your nose and your toes and roses on the corner that you walk by every day that smell so good, being able to pet your dog, to, to eat today, to have a roof over your head, um, being grateful, really, you can't be uh, super sad when you are living in a state of gratitude. So try that too. You know, some days I, I'm going to leave with this, this last story. I promise. Uh, Bad cop was on a flight. We were about to, we had to get back from the South of France to Belgium to open for bad religion. It was just us two on the bill. And uh, if, if the flight was delayed, we were going to miss, miss our show yeah. and the flight was delayed and we're, we're on the flight, like kind of freaking out. And the, the, the pilot comes on and says, um, you know, it looks like we're going to be here for another hour, hour and a half before we're going to be able to take off. And we're like, great, we've, we're, we're going to, we're losing the show. We're not going to be able to play. And uh, instead of getting upset, I pulled out my journal and I wrote four pages of things that I was grateful for. As I'm finishing the fourth page, the pilot comes on and goes, we're going to leave in 10 minutes. And we made the fucking show. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You know what I mean? So you yeah. just never know when you live in a state of, when you live on this side of life where anything is possible and you are positive. And I know that some people don't even know what the fuck that means because I didn't either. Um, it's just a perspective. It's choosing, it's choosing a different perspective is all it is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's easier than it sounds, but sometimes the easiest things are the hardest. <laughs> But just a wealth of information thank you so so yeah, much yeah thanks passion. for having me i really appreciate it because we've got all the links we didn't really talk about music too much but you know where to find i'll put all the links below and you can check out bad cop bad cop because they are amazing and i look forward to seeing what else you do in the future not out of well, you know, outside of the music realm yeah thank you for saying that um thank you for doing this for your friends and for your fans and for your country and uh I love it, Jen. I just love it. Yeah. Yes.